Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast with Steve Gordon. Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gordon, and today I got to tell you I'm excited um, because I've I've invested a little time with our next guest. He actually had me as a guest on his podcast uh, not long ago, and uh, just really love what he's doing in business. Uh, today I'm talking with Jason Blummer of Blummer and Associates CPAs, and and uh, he's built that firm over the last 15 years. One of the first firms in that industry to move from a traditional office to a virtual uh, virtual company, and and they serve creative businesses, uh, specifically digital creative agencies, and and help them grow. So he's very very familiar with all the ins and outs of growing a service business, and that's really what we're going to talk about today. Um, he also, as I said, he, he runs a podcast. Actually, runs two podcasts. He speaks and writes frequently uh, about growing creative agencies. And he's been honored as one of the top 100 most influential people in accounting by Accounting Today, which is sort of the Bible of accounting. So Jason, I'm excited that we're here. I'm, I'm glad you're here. This is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Steve, thanks for having me, man. Those are some great accolades. I must have fed you an amazing bio for you to read for me. Absolutely. <laughs> great, man. Well, you're like, who is this guy, right? Yeah. That's right. <laughs> So help us get beyond the bio. How did you get to this stage of your career? How did you get all these great honors? Yeah. Well, I guess it started when I was uh, in a rock band in college. So <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's where all accountants start, I think. Right. Um, no, it's, you know, a lot of people, so I am a CPA and they're like, why are you a CPA? That really doesn't match. So I have always been this creative individual. I just want to do everything, see everything, know everything, play with everything. Um, and so two years into the band and practices and we figured out, you know, we weren't going to tour the world. Uh, we thought we might, but that did not work out. So my dad was an accountant. So I chose a major and it, you know, my dad was an accountant. So I chose accounting. Um, <laughs> and so then just went through, you know, the rigmarole of being a, a CPA, working in firms, working in, uh, uh, you know, private accounting and now in public accounting, like a CPA firm. And my dad started a firm in 97. And so I came and started leading that in uh, 2003, uh, a little over 15 years ago, uh, May 2003. And here we are. Um, and so that, that originally uh, turned into almost uh, about nine years ago, another company. So my partner and I lead two companies. One of them is called Thrival. And the other one's called Blummer CPAs. And Thrival is the consultancy and community where we care for entrepreneurial uh, firm owners, basically. Um, and so, yeah, so every day my partner and I lead a firm and go through all the things that that takes to run a virtual firm with a, a team of about 12 serving those creative digital marketing agencies. And then Thrival is this community where we teach, you know, CPA firm owners how to lead in creative ways and grow healthy firms. So that's what we do daily. Yeah. Fantastic. I didn't realize that you kind of grew up in a a CPA family. We have that in yep. common. My dad's a CPA as well. Just uh, sold his firm not long ago. Oh, cool. And, uh, finally nice. retired. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> he couldn't pass it down to me because uh, <laughs> I, for a brief moment, like you had the accounting major, but it just didn't take. Okay. It didn't take. Sometimes accounting doesn't take. That's true. <laughs> so uh, that it was not where I was gifted, but That's um, funny. But uh, yeah, so you're, you're working with um, these agencies and I know you, you've grown your own now two businesses yeah. and we all know that's not 
all roses every day, right? Oh, no, no. There's, there's tough stuff along the way, both, I'm sure both in you growing your own business and, and with the businesses that you consult with. Oh, yeah. How do you get them when they get to a, a place of being stuck? How do you get them past that? Yeah. Well, you know, there's a lot of models to figure out why and when you get stuck. You know, we particularly use um, an EOS model, Entrepreneurial Operating System, and, and they talk about growth ceilings. And it's just true in service-based businesses, you grow those with team, right? That's how you grow a service-based business. If you're selling knowledge, you need more smart brains to sell, basically. And so, um, but that just means um, those businesses, service-based businesses come with complexities, right? Because humans are complex. So ultimately, owners run into growth ceilings. And a lot of times it, you know, we see those at various team sizes. A lot of times uh, it, there's no science to it, but probably three to five team members in a service firm is kind of one ceiling people bump into. Uh, then you get into 12 to 15, you know, uh, and then you get into 20 and 20, you know, 20 and 28 kind of, you start bumping into these various ceilings. And basically when people are getting stuck or they're hitting a the ceiling, a lot of times they're needing to move to a new level of leadership and management of a, of a bunch of humans and they don't know how. So there's some new level of learning they need, basically. Um, and then typically they have to break through the ceiling. They have to do something, uh, not necessarily disruptive, but there's something you got to do to break a ceiling. You got to crash it in some way. And a lot of times that's a risk, some risk you need to take. Um, like, and I'll give you an example. Sometimes if you're going from the five team member to 12, you'll find out that two partners in a service-based company can't really serve all the team that's now required to produce all the service um, to support a firm that's that size. And so you need a new level of leadership really that's, you know, between you and the team because two partners serving three people is different with two partners serving 12 people and you need a new level of leadership that's going to do additional care. And so now you're asking, and again, the firm owner doesn't know, they don't know this, uh, but they have to institute new leadership and teach them how to be leaders, teach them how to represent the owners, teach them how to lead teams and answer those technical questions on a daily basis. And so that's an example of a ceiling. They got a break. And so they may not know. So we'll teach them and coach with them to say, hey, who in your firm can you lead into this leadership position and start training them? And, and you know, that's just, that's a risk. So you're taking risks to break ceilings. Um, and a lot of it has to do really with the, that owner, that service-based owner. And so a lot of what we do, we know that the beliefs of that owner, uh, they, they come out in their behaviors. And so if we can identify the behaviors and the patterns over time, we can start to learn what they believe. And then through coaching and consulting, we want to go after those beliefs and find out what are you believing that's wrong about this new model of business you're trying to run. Um, you know, and sometimes in those new levels, as an example, they'll bump into, uh, some people may call it a lifestyle firm. Well, maybe this life, this belief you have around a lifestyle firm where you're running your firm on a beach or something like that, doesn't match now the care that's required from a team that's much larger and the clients that are much larger. And so we'll start attacking the beliefs so that the behaviors can be corrected to then start running that firm in a healthy way. So, those are just some examples, but you know, a lot of it has to do with psychology. It's really going after that, that owner really and picking their brain and using coaching techniques to try to find out what are you believing about the life and, and world you live in and, and what's not matching up with realities of what you need 
to lead your firm in the way that it's required to be led. So those are, those are just some examples. You, you, uh, you triggered a nerve. You said run a, <laughs> run a business from a beach. Uh, I'm a lifelong Floridian. That, okay. There you go. That's, that's personally offensive to us. That Uh-oh. is not what a I, beach is for. Man. A that's beach right. is not I, a place to take your laptop. There you go. That's, that's to relax and, and exactly. Not work. There you go. Well, so I, I'm listening to you and, and, uh, I, I can vividly remember as we grew my first company, mm-hmm. um, that when, when we hit 15 people, I, I thought go. the world was coming to an end. Oh yeah, dude. Me too. Oh man. That's uh, scary stuff. And <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I just like my own mindset, my, just the systems of how I managed myself in my time and operated and interacted with clients Yep, was just woefully wrong. Um, oh, Oh. I mean, you're just off the mark completely. Oh, mine was too. Yeah, I had a kind of a, a breakdown at a point when I figured out, you know, these two businesses are growing and I have no clue what's going on, but whatever I'm life I'm living doesn't match what I'm trying to do at all. So you talked about recognizing these behaviors and obviously there's a big mindset shift to get through any kind of ceiling like that, that, that the leader, the, the business owner needs to take. How do you how do you take them through that process so that, um, you know, I, I think somebody, somebody has to be willing to go through it. They have to be yep. willing to and, yeah. and recognize that they need it, but, but usually that's not enough. They need a, a path to follow. How do you take them through? Yep. Yeah. Well, if we're, you know, we have, you know, we lead groups monthly that take people through EOS. Those are specifically the C, the, these creative CPA firms we're leading. Um, and what we've found is, any kind of change like that, any kind of ceiling breaking or any self-realization or, or some owner trying to match up the realities of what their business requires to some fake or supposed lifestyle they think they're allowed to live, it takes time. And so I, I think a lot of people read cool articles online and they really want growth to be an overnight thing. And, um, you know, if you can just get, you know, 10 leads a month coming in or, or whatever magical pill you can swallow to make uh, growth happen, uh, then it's going to happen. But we know that's not true. So what, so what we believe in some longevity, we believe um, like, we, like we can't get into consulting engagements. Like we go on site to try to really unearth some problems without also being in their life for the next eight to 12 months with coaching. Um, or our group where we implement this entrepreneurial operating system or where we help people implement that in their own firms, that's got to be a 12-month program. So we found we, we need to be in the lives of these people for a long period of time uh, because a lot of these changes take accountability. Uh, we're, and humans just, they fall off the wagon. That's just what happens. And so uh, some owners realized it. They've come to us and we're going to put them in some kind of long-term relationship with us because we've got to check in on them. And um, so that's what we found is successful is there's not a fix something. Uh, there's a, let's get into a relationship. Uh, you need to pay us to walk with you and devote our mental energy and time to you and all the knowledge that we have. Uh, but you're going to have to work and you're going to fall off the wagon. We're going to call you back to it. So we need a trusted relationship where we can call people back to these, uh, these relationships. Cause ultimately we're trying to give them what they want, 
but there's a reality to it. And so the problem is they don't know the reality of getting what they want. They think it's something that it's probably not. And so that just takes some time and trust to help them see, Oh, I think I want something different than what I'm, than what I'm able to have. So, um, so it's going to be time for us. We got to be in the lives of these people for a long period of time for that accountability and keeping them on the wagon, you know, keeping them between the ditches kind of thing. Um, and that's just the way creative entrepreneurs are. These people are crazy and they'll just get distracted and, and drive off the road. And in the next meeting, you need to say, get back on the road. And so I do it, Steve, you probably do it. So uh, we just go drive in the ditches is what we do. That's what creative entrepreneurs do. <laughs> just knowing that helps you serve them better. <laughs> well, I, you know, it, you, you mentioned the, the thing that, frankly, it drives me crazy sometimes hearing it from people that if, you know, if I just get into a place where I'm doing this particular thing, like next week, I want to start, you know, attracting five yep. leads a week or whatever, yep. mm-hmm. you know, I'll, I'll magically be there. Oh, yeah. And I, I've never experienced the growth that way no. in business. It, there's <laughs> always this ramp up. So mm-hmm. there's like, you're doing these activities uh, that will lead to growth, but they don't show the outward result of growth yet. Right. And you sort of have to do those activities and they build and build and build and then pop there's yep. now you've grown to another level. Yep. You know, and then you've got to do that process again. So I, I, it's for me, it's always felt like from an experiential standpoint that instead of this nice consistent curve, it's always been breakthroughs. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's, that's for real. And you know, that can be frustrating actually. That's like, it sucks that that's the way it works. It's like, you want it, you want to feel it all the time. But a lot of times, you know, I was just coaching with a, a firm owner yesterday and she's really struggling through this, this employee, just not getting it. And I'm like, it takes time for that employee to get it. But if you invest three years of your life into that person, you won't realize it, but one day you'll realize they're, they're an amazing asset that you can't live without. And so, you know, we don't, I don't know, uh, the entrepreneurs don't get the, the daily feedback that they're headed in the right direction that they really thrive on. You know, people like you and I want to just see, you know, magic fairy dust and stuff all the time. And that's just not the way growth works. Um, but you do get to see it. Sometimes you can stop where you are and look back and go, Oh my gosh, I can't believe we've gotten to this point. Um, but it is really a long-term commitment to a, a lot of daily good things that turn out that just turn out into, you know, amazing uh, value and knowledge and wisdom. Uh, It just, it just takes time, but there's just, um, and you know, Steve, you're right. Sometimes you see it when you break through the ceiling, you go, Oh man, we never could have broken through the ceiling. Had we not done those past five years of those things. It's just the way it works. Yeah. I I think the fact that sometimes you don't see that progress is number one reason people stay stuck. Yep. I agree. Um, I think that's true in all areas of life. Um, you know, I, for the last six months I've been going to see a personal trainer, um, mm-hmm. and haven't missed a session yet over that course of that time. Come but, on. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the, the, the results are, you know, it takes time. It took four and a half months before I really could look in the mirror and go, okay, I'm seeing a difference now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's pretty cool. Pretty, yeah, you know, and, and I think it's the same thing in, in business, whether it's marketing or sales or developing your people. Uh, it, you've just got to, you've got to hunker down and understand that you're not going to see the results the right way. But that, I think it makes it difficult for people who are unsure 
well, exactly what activity should I be doing to ultimately get that breakthrough? Sometimes they feel like maybe they're wandering in the wilderness and there's no real direction there and they could be going in the wrong, in the wrong direction completely. And so then they, they try and, and jump to a different thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, I know it takes money, but you know, people who pay for the right consultant to help them or the right business coach, I mean, there's a lot of wisdom in hiring the right person to kind of be your Sherpa through some of those things. And because a third, I mean, there, we tell our clients all the time, there's something we have you can never have. And that is third party objectivity to your life and your world. And we're also being paid. So we're not going to feed you a bunch of fluff, you know? Um, so we're going to cease to, and we actually know how to unearth and uncover things we need to see these insights, these aha moments, and we're going to see it. And we're going to tell you, and we're going to tell you things and where you're hurting yourself. Um, you know, cause we're being paid, um, to do it. We're not your buddy. And we tell people we're not your friend. <laughs> so, you know, so I think there's a lot of wisdom to to hiring a third party a person that can look into your life and go and not tell you what to do, you know, cause it's hard to tell somebody how to run their business. Cause you could never really tell them or you couldn't run their business that way. But being a trained coach is really unearthing through strong questions, questionnaires, just, you know, the way coaches do things, you can help them come to their own moments of aha and insight that really help them get on their own track and really believe in, some new path that they can now see themselves. Uh, that's what a good coach will do. So uh, I think having people in your life is what changes your life uh, for good. Uh, and staying in those, those relationships long-term is what continues to see you transform into the thing you actually want, but you don't know that's what you want. I love it. I, I want to take a quick break at this stage and sure. I want to come back. When we come back, I want to talk more about, uh, about coaching because a lot of people are getting coaching. They're hiring coaches now, mm -hmm. but uh, I'm sure you have a particular perspective on yeah. how best to do that. And, and, and once you've hired one, how to get the best result out of it. Yeah. Um, I've hired a lot over the years. I think we can have a good conversation about that. And I really want to dive into how you're using your podcasts and how, mm -hmm. how you've used those to really build a name for yourself in your industry. I think folks will learn a lot from that. We'll be right back with more from Jason Blummer. Hi, this is Steve. I hope you're enjoying this interview. We've got more to come in a minute, but what I'd love for you to do right now is rate this podcast. Leave us a review, rate us on iTunes. It'll really help others discover the podcast and help us help other CEOs, other business leaders become unstoppable. So if you go to unstoppableceo.net forward slash iTunes, you can find instructions there and links that will take you right to where you need to go to review the podcast. Thanks so much. Now back to the interview. Hey, welcome back. It's Steve Gordon. And I'm talking with Jason Blummer and Jason, where we, we kind of left off, we were talking about coaching. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to guess that you've got some opinions on how to not only how to find a coach and hire a coach, but how to make the most of that. Yeah. Yeah, I do <laughs> have probably a lot of opinions <laughs> on how to do that. Um, so I'm, I'm not a, there are certified coaches and that's good because the certifications do put you through a process. We actually have a certified coach in one of our businesses that leads our community through the coaching that we do. I'm not a certified coach. 
but I have been coaching for just, I don't know, almost 10 years. And it, and it's, it's a skill I've developed over, over time. Um, I think it's hard to hire a coach because there is no right way to coach. There's a lot of styles. You'll, you'll run into people that have styles. Um, and it's hard to try out a coach because a coach, you need to commit to some kind of long-term uh, relationship with to really see if you're getting the benefit from it. Um, you know, we love when people commit, you know, eight to 12 months, that's typically going to be where we see transformation happen. Again, you know, referring back to the first part of the show, when we talked about the long change requires some kind of longevity in a relationship with somebody you trust. And so you're going to need eight to 12 months. We think to see some, any kind of change really in, in a, in a belief that may change behavior. Um, so I think it's, I think what you have to do is, I don't know, you have to do a lot of interviewing. It's probably like hiring a person. You got to really make sure this coach works well with you. Um, sometimes coaches will spend a session with you uh, and you'll, you can, you can spend time with them. And I think it's important that you really click with a coach. You really, you get what they're doing. You trust what they're doing and, and they tend to be able to pull stuff out of you in the way that you want to have it come out of you. Um, some are going to be harder and more focused and driven and challenging. Uh, some are going to be kind and more grandfathery mentorish type. <laughs> and, you know, there's going to be different types of uh, personalities and people that work with you. But I think it is really a fluid relationship you want to test uh, a little bit uh, just because they're certified. Certifications are good because they really do put coaches through a lot of training to, to get those certifications um, but they're not everything. Uh, you, 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 uh, getting referrals to a coach is helpful uh, just to know the, the intimacy and the personality of these people because um, there is no right way to coach. It just happens to be somebody you need to click well with, I think. Uh, yeah, and I, I think at different times in your business, you need different coaches. Um, yeah, definitely. Different, different backgrounds and different expertise. Yeah. Um, I, at least I found that I, I started making those investments, um, way back when I was very young and had just taken over a business and didn't know anything about running a business, but, uh, there I was. And, um, it was right around the time I hit that 15 employee mark and I just, mm. was, I just couldn't, you know, couldn't really figure out how to get organized to get things moving forward in the way that I wanted to. And, and, um, one thing I've noticed is whenever I've made that investment and, and I've done it fairly consistently since then, um, that it, it always is followed by a pretty dramatic jump in performance. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, yeah. That's, that's true. And a lot of times we'll, um, you know, somebody will take a break from coaching. That's not uncommon. They'll spend a year in a relationship with you and they're like, you know, I got to go do this now. And, um, and that's not bad too. Sometimes the coaching has, you know, has a, uh, that is, I'm talking about mainly one-on-one -on -one coaching, you know, ha can have an end to it. So where you have to go act grown up a little bit and do that thing on your own. Uh, but you might need to come back in six months and check in, uh, with that person. Cause you're, you know, you're inevitably going to get off. You're going to go drive in the ditches again. That's kind of what we do, uh, as these creative entrepreneurs, uh, which I believe a lot of those run service-based businesses that are selling very creative knowledge-based things. You need to come back and, and check in, but you're right. I, I think coaching is really transformative. It can really change people's lives. Um, I think it's got to be really trusted. 
So what we do is we do a lot of work up front to, you know, to work on trust. And a lot of that's in documents. We have them read like, this is what you can expect from coaching and counseling intake forms that we have them fill out that really challenge them and grade themselves in certain ways, personality profiles, you know, looking at uh, word clouds online and letting that jog their minds as to the top four to five issues they want to focus on. All of this is kind of pre-homework, pre-coaching type stuff. Um, and, you know, it can be as intimate or not. Like, for, for example, we're business coaches and we tell people we may bump into personal issues, right? Emotional things and mental distractions, but we're business coaches. So we always want everything we do to be focused on growing your business because that's why we tell people to hire us. Um, so we're going to always lean towards that way and move away from, you know, things that may be causing you trouble. Personally, we may say, go, go work on that with somebody else. Um, you know, it's not uncommon when we ask people, have you ever had any type of coaching or therapeutic relationship? And people almost always do. They, they either have a therapist now or they already have a couple of coaches. Uh, you know, people in larger organizations spend money on two or three coaches you know, business operations and then leadership coach and then personal lifestyle type time management coaches. So um, there's a lot of coaching out there and probably some of it has felt fluffy in the past, but I think it's coming around, right? I mean, maybe you agree, Steve, it's coming to be seen as a, as a way to gain some path forward that you can't gain on your own. Well, I'll tell you the the value that I've always received from it is as the owner of a business, there, if you're the CEO, there, even if you have partners, there are things that you can't talk with anyone in the firm about. Right. Um, it's very isolating. True. Often. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, there are things you can't talk with your spouse about um, sometimes because, you know, maybe that's not at a level yet where, you know, I go through this where, you know, I might be worried about something that I don't really necessarily want to just bring home because I may tomorrow, I may not be worried about it. That's right. I may get over it, but well now I've just dumped this on, on to my spouse and that's, you know, um, you know, she doesn't have all the context that I have. So it can be very isolating. Same thing with partners. Sometimes you're working through things and you need to work through them. And it's not that you're hiding things from your partners, but you need a place I think to be able to open up and vent with somebody that and vet ideas with somebody that really doesn't have a dog in the hunt. Mm, Yeah. Yeah, there Uh, is. Yeah, there is some. uh, And again, that's that, that's that objectivity, you know, that you, that you need, Uh, you need somebody that's not in the middle of your storm kind of poke, you know, poking at it going, you know, it's, it's really not the storm you think it is. Um, or they can look ahead. Maybe you want a coach that's a little bit further along than you are. Um, like you said, Steve, you've had coaches in the past. When you were at 15, you know, people, it would be nice to kind of have a coach that's run a business with 15 people. I mean, you can't always find people like that, but you need different levels of coaches uh, at different levels of growing your business. So, Absolutely. So I, I know you guys do some group work as well as the one-on-one. Mm-hmm. As somebody maybe listening to this and saying, well, should I go in a, into a group situation or one-on-one or a hybrid? What would you say to them? How would they think about making that decision? 
Yeah. So, yeah, and we have to tell people that all the time, the difference between those. Of course, one-on-one is going to be a lot more expensive because that coach is solely focused on you, your issues, the things that are bogging you down, your successes, keeping you accountable. So they're mentally focused on one person. Uh, But in a group setting, the coach gets to lower the price, right? Because that price is just spread among people. Now, the advice and the counsel and the coaching becomes more general at that point. Um, And it's general because it's got to apply to the whole group. It's got to be beneficial to the whole group. So a lot of times you're starting to dip into curriculum guided coaching or some kind of program where everybody's filling out the same homework. Everybody's going through the same five steps. When if you were coaching that individual, you might have them skip the first two. But in the group, you got to go through all five. Everybody's doing it at the same time. January is the first step. February is the second step. March is the third step. It's a gradual type walk through it when you're in a group. Um, and so um, I would say probably, um, all, you know, the difference between those is uh, how quickly do you need to transform? You know, are you in an unhealthy situation? Uh, that really there's detriment to your business or your pay or something like that. You might need somebody to come in there that's fully focused on you. You can't have somebody force you to go through some bozo curriculum. That'll take you 12 months to get to your problem if your business is going under next month. Um, And so it just depends on the level of need you have as to who you need to hire. Um, And also it's probably going to depend on the level of money you have too. Uh, typically, group coaching will be will be less. Uh, group coaching will also be, like I said, curriculum or subject focused. So it might be a marketing sales program for six months or something like that. Whereas coaching, business coaching for us can be anything. It's really walking with that entrepreneur through whatever place they're at. And we do some assessment as to find out where are they? What place are they in? Where do you want to go? And what is the journey from point A to B? And then the accountability is to walk with them through that. So um, so I don't know, does that help Steve to kind of describe the two different types of coaching and experiences? Yeah, no, I think, I think that'll help folks, uh, a, a tremendous amount, um, because you see a lot of both types of offerings out there and, yeah. uh, hard to sometimes know which one's the right one. And of course the way all these things get sold, there's lots of hype, you know, Oh yeah. All that. And man, um, lots of hype. I, I, I come back to something you said earlier and in, in, in all the relationships that I've had over the years you want to have someone that you can absolutely trust. That's going to really begin to understand your business. In particular, if you're looking at one-on-one yeah, that, that has got the guts to come in and question you yeah, and ask you, why are you thinking this this way? And, and right. really make you kind of accountable for the way that you're approaching things. Not, not in a way to say that, Oh, you're doing it wrong, but um, because you really don't need them to pass judgment. You just need them to ask the questions. That's right. Yeah. And it, and it's nice if they have the experience too. And, yeah. you know, and, and it's hard as a coach, you can, I mean, it's hard. You can, you can, you can be a coach or you can flip over into giving advice and coaches are kind of not supposed to do that. But, you know, we're the kind of coaches that we do run service-based organizations. So sometimes a client will tell us, Hey, I'm going to ask you to step outside of the coaching a world for a minute and say, what would you do? And so that's not coaching. And we go, well, okay, I can do that. If that's the value to you, here's probably what I wouldn't do, or I would do this probably if I were running your business. 
but you know, there's always caveats too. I don't have your context. So, you know, I can't fully know. So we try not to give that advice and we try to actually help them come to their own conclusions mm -hmm. through the process of solid and trained coaching. Very good. Well, I want to change subjects just for a minute now. Sure. You've got two podcasts. You have, have grown a, a really successful and very niche focused firm. And I, looking from the outside at, at what you're doing, um, from a marketing perspective, you're, you're doing many, many things right. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it'd be valuable for everybody if we just spent a few minutes, if, if you'd talk through some of the decisions you made, because going, I, I mean, I don't know what the firm was like when you took it over, but I, I'm yeah. going to just guess it maybe wasn't as focused as it is today. How no, no. you've made that, that decision to focus and then how you've used media like your podcast to go out and grow the business. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's been a long journey probably. Uh, yeah. So my dad started the firm in 97 and it was just a generalist type, small CPA firm in our town. Um, and so when I started leading it, we started getting into the creative uh, industry, started serving one, then two, then three. You know, if you have three, you have a niche, <laughs> basically, <laughs> or at least you put it on your website, right? Like, you know what you're talking about. Um, and as we got into that, you know, podcasting was becoming popular. Um, and so we've had one podcast for the CPA profession for about seven and a half years and then we've had the one for the creative marketing, you know, uh, agency space for about five years. Um, probably we didn't realize what it took to run a podcast. Um, we just, we heard one and we thought it was cool. And we said, let's do one. Uh, and so we figured out some way to record a file over Skype um, and then just bumped our way through sticking it online somehow <laughs> uh, back then. And so, but you get better at podcasting. It's like anything you start, you know, hiring an engineer that's better than you were, or you, then you start hiring a producer, somebody who actually starts guiding and creating some of the content to prep you to go into uh, some podcast. Um, and you know, it just gets better and better over time. Um, I guess what I, what I see people doing now, cause you know, podcasting is just the rage now. Um, and it can be so valuable in a lot of different ways. Um, I think, you know, I think it's, um, it's not, you know, we're so, a, a podcast is great if you're, if you're niched, I think now there are celebrities who are not niched, right? Cause they're celebrities. So they can talk to the whole world if they want, but our podcasts are very niche. Uh, they focus to a very, very specific audience. So the, the, the listenership, you know, is not going to be millions of people. It's going to be just the people who want that specific type of education and challenge in the way that we deliver it. Um, but we have found consistency is a huge value to podcasting. Uh, you get better at it over time technically. So there's a lot of technicality to it uh, that you need help doing and, and you get better at that over time. If you do it yourself, if you can hire that out, I think you should. Um, and then, um, yeah, I think over time, probably the most valuable part of it is not even the listeners It's probably the guests we have, you know, targeting guests in a way, uh, is a, is a way for us to get in front of the right people, uh, is kind of, you know, how we leverage it. Um, and I think, I think it's really just taken a long time. It's taken years for people to see the podcast because podcast listeners, there's a lot of trust involved in that, um, 
you know, because people know what podcasts are, right? They know they can listen to one for a couple months. They know that person can stop podcasting after a while because <laughs> that's what happens. People start podcasting and then they stop. So they got to really trust you and know you're not going anywhere ever. So they can always listen to you on the 15th. You know, we always choose a specific date to launch our podcast to, to really feed that listener as much consistency as we can. So, and that just continues to develop trust and a foundation with us knowing that they're going to give us their, their earbuds, you know, every 25th of the month and we're going to be there nonstop all the time. And that trust means then they'll start listening to you and then they give you the freedom to mess up, to not do it well, to grow. And you need your listeners to give you that freedom to get better over time. Um, you know, but you, and then, you know, you've got to always deliver uh, consistent value. You've got to be something that is worth listening to. Um, and so, you know, we've always gone the low end route. We do, we do about 30 minutes to an hour show once a month. That's what we've always done. And I know people launch podcasts and they do two hours every day or once a week. And, you know, we're running businesses. We just can't commit the time to that. So you're only going to get the value uh, through a podcast once a month from us because we are out there running multiple businesses and that takes a lot of time. And so we've committed the amount of time we knew we could deliver and, and commit to uh, basically. So those are some of our thoughts on podcasting. Well, we're, we're in such alignment on that. I mean, I think for people looking at this, um, you know, we see this with our clients all the time because they, when, as we're producing podcasts for them, they get all wrapped up in what are my downloads? You know, we're, yeah, we're a month yeah. and a half into it. Yeah. How many millions of people have heard this already? <laughs> yeah. Right. That's not how it works. Yeah. No, no, no. It's, but more importantly, who are the five people that you've interviewed that might be able to do business with you or refer you? You know, oh, yeah. how are you building a relationship through the guests that can actually move the business forward? I think oh, that's yeah. where all the value is. And I think the vast majority of people aren't looking at that. Mm -mm. Um, but that to me is that that's the huge lever. It's a giant networking tool. Um, yeah. you know, that's how you and I met and, uh, that's I'm right. sure this is just the beginning of our collaboration because we're in alignment on a lot of things. So, yeah. um, and, and you know, the podcast, you, it can take you to different levels, right? You can start working on sponsorships for your podcast and that's, that's hard to do. That is extremely hard. Um, cause now you're, now you're taking other company's money and that money to them is marketing money and they want to know downloads and listenership and they want immediate feedback. You know, we have sponsors say, can we, can we be a sponsor for two months and see how it works out? We're like, no way. Cause it won't work out because, <laughs> cause we're like podcast listeners are, that is an investment of your life into those people so that they know that you're always going to be there. And so, you know, we tell sponsors, you got to come on for a long period of time, six months to a year at least, but you know, that's a risk for them. So, and we do have sponsors for some of our podcasts. We've had sponsors for some of the other podcasts for a period of time, and then we don't. And it's just, um, it's hard to then, you know, so you can't get into a podcast thinking, well, I'm going to get rich with sponsors because that ain't going to work. <laughs> at least it doesn't for us. So that's a whole nother level. So it's really, I don't think is the reason to do a podcast. Um, the reason to do a podcast is that you have something valuable to tell a market that happens to be one you want to serve to. Absolutely. Um, and a fantastic way to build trust too. We, we noticed oh, that yeah. 
you know, we'll have clients come to us and, you know, in the sales conversation, they'll tell us, so I've, you know, so-and-so referred me to your podcast or suggested I listen to it. And I've listened to for, you know, four or five months or occasionally I'll get one. Like I had somebody just in the last week tell me they were referred two weeks ago and he's listened to, we've got almost a hundred episodes out. He said he's listened to about half of them. Yeah. I mean, I had like 20 hours of this guy's time. That's huge. I mean, how else could I get that? He's my, I assume he's got a commute of some kind or he's a, a an exercise nut, but I don't know when else he would have listened to it. But over the course of a couple of weeks, he says he's listened to, to almost 50 of our podcasts. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. But where else can you get that kind of time from somebody? And oh, yeah. I think one of the reasons that it works so well to where you can get that time is it's passive. Somebody can yeah. listen while they're driving. They can't read your blog article while they're driving. They can't That's watch right. your YouTube video, but they can listen to your podcast and listen to, you know, a couple of guys like us talking to microphones and <laughs> hopefully share some wisdom. Yeah. No, that's that's true. We found that too. If people stumble on your podcast, which is kind of that's how you grow a listenership and it's boy, that's slow. If people are just bumping into your podcast on, you know, some uh podcast app or something like that or iTunes. And then they go binge, binge all the shows, you know, and that's just wild. Yeah. You just, they've just devoted themselves to hours and hours of you speaking. And so trust comes out of it. And, you know, Steve, you and I have talked about this before, but you know, it, it, it really does create some kind of celebrity position with you. And, you know, we're not really celebrities, but people, you know, in a sales call will go, Oh, Jason, I already know, I already feel like I know you. I mean, I, I mean, I know you, man. And I'm like, I've never met you in my life. And they're like, dude, I've been listening to you for years. Yep. Well, a lot of our work's done, right? That trust building is done. And now we can enter into a sales call in a way different place than we could had I never met them or heard them. I'll tell you the, the for me, the big shift in that is that instead of you having to show up and feel like you've got to somehow prove who you are and that you're qualified and all of that, you've taken care of all of that up front. So all, all you have to do is show up and actually be present that's for it. that person that needs your help. Yep. That's it. Yeah. They already know you. They know what you do. They know what you care about. You're like, how can I help? And they're ready to spend money with you. You know, they know you're an expert. Absolutely. Is, so it's, I mean, podcasting can be really cool if done really well. Well, Jason, thank you for sharing that. And thank you for uh, sharing all, all your thoughts throughout our time together today. Sure. Uh, we could probably go on for a long time on this. I know, I know you've got so. places to be. So I want to make sure everybody can find you. Where, where's the best place for folks to go and find out more about what you're doing? Yeah. So just, I mean, you know, our businesses are on all the main social platforms. Uh, so there's probably too much to list here, but you could go to jasonblummer.com. That's just a splash page of me and all the you know places I've invested, the businesses I run, some of the writing I've done. Um, you could go to Twitter, Jason M. Blummer, at Jason M. Blummer. Um, probably a great way to find a lot of the content we do. It could be articles, links. I do, you know, videos, Ask Jason question series every single week live on Facebook. But we put all those videos on my LinkedIn profile. Uh, so if people want to become, you know, friends with me on LinkedIn, just request that. And then the, I'll end up in their feed and we're, we're pumping videos through that feed, you know, almost all day, every day. So there's awesome. plenty of content out there. All right. We'll link up all those places in the show notes. So if you're looking for a real easy way to go 
find Jason, you can uh, just go to the show notes for this episode and we'll have it all there. Jason, thanks for investing some time with me. This has been so much fun and uh, glad we could connect again. Yeah, this is great. Steve, thanks for having me, man. I trust what you're doing and this is a lot of fun. Thanks again. Thanks for listening to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. Help others discover this show. Leave a review and rating on iTunes at unstoppableceo.net forward slash iTunes.